Welcome to Cancer for Breakfast with Amy and Steph. I'm Amy. And I'm Steph. Though we try to make Cancer for Breakfast safe and comfortable for everyone, it may not be suitable for all audiences and is intended for informational and educational purposes only. It is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We're not doctors. We didn't even go to podcasting school. (laughs) Hey, Steph. Oh, hi, Amy. Boy, you're sure acting familiar. (laughs) (laughs) Almost as if we know each other in real life. Let's just get right to it. Guess what? We met in fucking person. We did. IRL, no mics. Well, I guess there was a microphone, but we did it. You exist. I know. It's so cool. Like, it's so cool. <laughs> um, it was so last minute. We would have told you guys that we were planning it, but it really was last minute. Amy was flying out of SeaTac, which is the airport closest to me. And so I met her for brunch in Seattle, like a couple of regular gals. Yeah, I had like an extra long layover. Okay, fine. I was going to Palm Springs. If I have to brag, I will. Ooh la la. Um, but I had planned this extra long layover to see another friend in Seattle. Um, and then it was like two nights before that. And you and I were texting and I was like, oh, and then I'm going to be in Seattle. Wait a minute. I'm going to be in Seattle. Like, I've mm-hmm. known this for months. Should we just meet? And it was so great. And we had joked about on one of the episodes, like, you were fantasizing about when we would meet in real life. And I was like, I thought you were about to say, it would be so great if we met at an Applebee's. But you were saying something else. But that was like the dumb, <laughs> the dumb joke. We tried to make Applebee's work. We really did. But it wasn't open yet. So we met at like this super, super cute little cafe like outside and it was sunny and it was just so perfect. It was beautiful. And it was like, I've known you forever. It was so good. We'll put on the Instagram a little video my friend took of us actually meeting the the first moment. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We were joking that it was going to be like the army dad coming home from being gone, surprising his son at the elementary school. Yeah, we were going to have to like do a big reveal. Mm -hmm. But instead, I just like squealed my way down the sidewalk in the middle Mm -hmm. of Capitol Hill. (laughs) It was a dream. It was so fun. And then Steph gave me a ride to the airport and we recorded. uh, I did bring a handheld mic and we recorded just a tiny bit because we were excited and we have no idea what it sounds like. Or what we even said, or what is even usable, but I guess we'll leave this moment for our producer to put it in, and maybe it'll just be us saying hi, or maybe it'll be us saying something silly. I don't have any idea, so... Yeah. Go ahead. (laughs) Take it away, Nathan. And you're in my car. I'm in your car. In my minivan. 
It's so fun. Um, so, do you like me as much as I made you think you might? Um, unfortunately, no. And I don't think this podcast is going to work out anymore. What are some of the letdowns? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I think that you're even better than I expected. And um, I just love that our friendship is so easy and like... That has totally carried through to real life also. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you never know, but... I love it, too. This is so fun. It's a beautiful sunny day. We're both wearing dresses. <laughs> um, we barely have talked about cancer at all, which is always a really nice surprise, I think, when you hang out with your cancer friends, and then there's, like, so much else going on that you talk about a gazillion other things. Not, I mean, we... not very much about cancer, but a lot about boobs. So, <laughs> it's like six to one. That's true. That's true. I did forget about some of All right. I guess that's just proof we were there, eh? <laughs> we did it. So, now I'm putting on my, my bitching shorts. <laughs> and You're my... Bitching shorts. And my annoyed cap and my... I've had enough elbow pads, and I'm ready. <laughs> it's this, cancer for bitch fest. It's cancer for bitch fest. Um, any bitch is welcome. No bitch is too small. No bitch is too big. We'll take them all. We have a decent list here. Um, and as you're listening, we will do cancer for bitch fest volume two months down the road again so if this inspires you to send something in you could always send, send us your bitch fist for part two please do um okay do you want to read the first or shall i um i would love it if you kicked us off um don't mind if i do so this gal writes in to us and says a friend of a friend had breast cancer over 10 years ago she found out i was diagnosed when i ran into her face to face she asked me what stage i was and i told her and she said oh no 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 that can't be right because if you really were that stage you would have had a mastectomy i was less than a week post-op and i just looked at her and i said you know that's really not helpful and i walked away and she eventually felt shitty and tried to reach out to me <laughs> and apologize but i kept her at a distance yeah you did yeah. And I think she felt even shittier when she realized my tumor score came back and that I needed to have chemo, which was not part of my original plan. I think she didn't need chemo, just surgery and radiation. I didn't care enough to ask her what her stage was and cannot recall, as I was so stunned that a breast cancer survivor would communicate this way with me less than one week post-op. Dude, seriously. Yeah, that's messed up. Especially, oh. like, if you're having surgery and finding out if you need chemo like you're still in this like weird flux of finding out what your treatment plan even is and there is so much like what's the right choice for me and doubting and research and also like your life is on the line so clearly you're doing research about it right and so then for somebody just to be like oh no no that's not right you know yeah know-it-all cancer people can take a fucking hike like yeah it is not helpful it's like the last episode where I was cancer for bitch festing on my own time last episode about <laughs> for free <laughs> people just like ranting and ranting just for fun about like mm -hmm. as if they're sitting around the campfire telling cancer horror stories, whatever. Yeah. But I think that 
I regretted not naming that type of person. And I think we need to call them Cancer Cathy's. Oh, yes. Because they're Kathy's. They just exist. They're in our support groups. They're on the freaking national community Facebook page. Facebook pages. And boy, do their opinions not help. It's so true. Like, just because something happened to you doesn't mean it's universal or that you know what you're talking about or like, take a hike, Kathy. Yeah cancer Kathy and also like not only does so much about like how they treat different types change and all that stuff it's like they're even like learning more and more about different types and different components to tumors and all of this stuff that seriously 10 years ago they didn't have absolutely 10 years ago is a lifetime ago in cancer treatment (sighs) I do feel like the mastectomy Like, why don't you just do that kind of thing, though, is a thing for people that don't have breast cancer, that they assume that you are so concerned about your physical appearance that you, like, just refuse to get a mastectomy, even though your life was on the line, you know? Mm -hmm. Because, like, I thought before I ever got breast cancer, like, oh, my God, if I ever got breast cancer, like, I would just immediately just like, I don't give a fuck, just get rid of these, you know, which I clearly would have done if they said that would benefit me in any way or lower my risk in any way that was yeah but then on the other side of it there you know like there's just no right answer and it sucks but cancer kathy shut up yeah for real we're mad now we're mad make the choice that's right for your body make it with your doctor don't listen to some rando that you used to know and she didn't she (laughs) walked out of that barbecue (laughs) Or that 7-Eleven or wherever she was when she ran into her. And she said, not today. Not today, Kathy. That's right. Um, Speaking of juicy things. Speaking of juicy things. You want to read the next one? Speaking of juicy things. Somebody else wrote in to say, I miss grapefruit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you do. Yeah, Because of my meds, I can't eat grapefruit anymore. Goodbye, grapefruit LaCroix and grapefruit for breakfast. You were my faves. Dude, it's a real thing. So many meds grapefruit just fucks with. Yeah, it's so weird that like, I, I feel like we get told that, you know, like natural things are healthy for us and fruit and vegetables are great. And grapefruit was one of those weird sticking points that a lot of meds interact with. And it sucks because, you know, it seems like such a normal thing that we have to keep an eye out for. It's so unassuming. Yeah. Like who would have thought that grapefruit would even have that power to stand up to crazy strong meds? It's like yeah. the secret kryptonite. <laughs> Not grapefruit. <laughs> She's on tamoxifen. Don't eat it. <laughs> it's not even just cancer meds. It's like yeah. all kinds of random meds that interact with grapefruit. Yeah. Well, I'm pissed for her. It's bullshit. It is. Um, okay, so this gal writes. Um, actually, I don't know if this is a gal because I didn't gather this one. I think they're all gals. Actually. Oh, interesting. Oh, what a surprise. (laughs) No man wanted to go the extra mile in his free time and communicate about his feelings. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, She says, I am grateful that there was a procedure to keep me alive and all, but my colostomy bag is so gross. My nurses told me to name the bag and maybe that works for some people, but I don't want it. I don't 
want to name it and I don't want to look at it. Does this feeling ever go away? Ugh, girl, you have every right to feel that way. And I also would not want to name anything. I don't get it. That whole like name your port, name your thing. But some people really like it. But yeah, I don't. And neither does stuff. I could tell. Right, stuff. It's true. It's true. I'm not I'm not a real big namer of things that aren't alive. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's so valid to be grossed out by it. It's a crazy weird thing, you know, that they are able to do and that you have to live with. Like, it's fine to be grateful and also grossed out. Yeah. But also know that other people are not as grossed out as you think that they are. Mm -hmm. Just so you know that. And people are very understanding of our body changes. But I also think the fact that, you know, you kind of like phrase it with like, I'm really glad that like I was able to have this procedure and, you know, that I'm alive. Mm -hmm. But then I'm also pissed. You're allowed to be both. And like, I don't think they have to do with each other, you know? Yeah. And you don't have to qualify it like that with us. You know, you don't have to be like, I'm glad I'm alive. But, you know, yeah, we're, we're cancer people. You don't have to do that shit with us. But I do like to also think like, you know, I mean, I don't I don't have a colostomy bag, so the only thing I can compare it to is like, oh, like one of my boobs is weird now is like, yes, in the grand scheme of things like that is the smallest deal in the world. But I've thought about it. Like, what if I never had cancer? And what if like some totally weird ass thing happened to me walking down the street? Like, I don't know, there was like a car accident and something flew from one of the cars and like stabbed me in the left boob. And like, I had to get rushed to the hospital. And then like my boob was all fucked up. But it's like, Even if that happened to me, I mean, sure, that's a little bit traumatic to get into some weird accident, but it doesn't have all the trauma. It doesn't have like, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a different kind of trauma, I guess. But the way that I would feel like I was allowed to be more justified that my boot was fucked up would be so much more. um, I don't know. Like, I feel like it would feel so much more allowed if like. I was the victim of this freak accident versus like, well, this is what I had to do to stay alive. So it's fine, you know? Yeah. But it still is like, well, your boobs fucked up, you know, or like, well, yeah. you have a fucking colostomy bag that you have to like deal with literally every day mm-hmm. and you're not used to it. And it is a fucking big price to pay. And I'm sorry that you have to deal with it, but we don't think you're gross. Not at all. Not even a little bit. Yeah. Thank you for writing. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one. She writes, my bitch fest contribution is being unable to find any underwear that fits at mm. all. My new breasts are square. I call them my squoobs, square boobs. <laughs> nice. You know, I love a portmanteau. She loves a portmanteau. <laughs> and I haven't found any cubicle bras out there. God, there is a shortage of cubicle bras. And thanks to deep flap, my waist is gone and not even granny panties stay in place. Mm-hmm. I just want to not be irritated by my underwear all day, every day. It's dehumanizing and rude to not have any comfortable lady bits anywhere. <laughs> Yep. Shout that one from the rooftop. Shout it. I think it's a very, very common cancer person problem. I think like we all have weird underwear problems. Like, yeah. Why, God? Why? Why can't they just figure it out, man? Yeah. I don't know, but I do hope you know that insurance will buy you a ridiculous amount of bras every year for the rest of your life if you have had breast surgery. So don't you dare go to Target. 
or Nordstrom looking for a square bra, go to <laughs> go to the weird ass stores that are covered by insurance. Yeah. Like your cancer center has a shop, doesn't it? Mine does. Yes. And I know like some brands, if you look them up online, like if you just like Google around a little bit, like they're not all in cancer centers. Um, like Portland has like a specific store, like a shop that's not at the hospital, but it's, yeah. it sells like regular bras. And um, but the ones that qualify get, I don't know, I think you like have to pay like a very small percentage, but you know, you get like a $70 bra for like six dollars or something weird like that yeah like a copay like an insurance copay kind of deal yeah it's awesome well yeah i i will do some research and maybe we can put some links in the show notes if we find not a cubicle bra sorry but (laughs) i will look and see if we can drop some links in the show notes for um places to find nice and accommodating lingerie and Sorry that you have to deal with that. Good bitch. Good bitch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, okay, so this girl says, radiation therapist not amused by me, and we have to see each other every day. Oh, no. And, of course, I had to write her back and say, what the heck? They aren't nice? <laughs> she said, I mean, they're not mean, mean. But more like Kurt and like, okay, thanks. Bye. I tried a joke and it's like crickets. <laughs> no. Screw those jerks. And she also says that um, these were replies to our Instagram story. So she, she did too. And the other one says being hungry, but everything sounding gross, even two and a half months out of chemo. I'm sorry, girl. Ugh. That's the that worst. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that passes. I don't know how long it takes. I didn't actually have any aversions to smell or taste so i don't know how long it takes for that to go away but i hope i hope it does i hope it does too or that you find something that sounds really good i know this doesn't really compare but when you get over a stomach bug and Mm -hmm. there's like that one food that you just have to have 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 yeah you got to find the thing that sounds good totally eat the hell out of it Exactly. Do you have any more? Um, I do. I have one from a listener who says, this is a two-parter. I'm working on a whole letter, but that's for another day. Love to hear that. Right now, I have to share my incredibly trivial and petty grape. Doubt it. I'm here for it. I want to know why the fuck they said TF, but I'm taking liberties. It's bitch Uh, fest after all. (laughs) Why the fuck can't someone line up the GD ceiling light cover panels in my radiation room? (laughs) And who messed it up? Did the installer F it up and just say, fuck it? Nobody will even notice it up here? Or was there a a rad tech game of chicken that got out of hand? Every single mother loving day for the last 24 days, I have to stare up at a cockeyed asymmetrical panel with a gap in it. And all I want to do the whole time is climb up there and scoot it over two inches. (laughs) I love it. I love it, too. That is infuriating. And I I totally get it. I feel like I have um, developed this really close relationship with the sea creatures on the inside of the PET scan machine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, love it. Well, 
she also says, I also want to bitch about the lack of sleep. Mm-hmm. Chemo, feel like crap, can't sleep because my body is sampling the zombie experience, even though this is a time when it would be totally acceptable to sleep all day. Yeah. Surgery, can't sleep because incisions are very tender and I'm a side slash stomach sleeper. Right. Radiation, holy crap, I take it back. Surgery was a piece of cake. Mm. Can't sleep because every time I move or don't move, it feels like Satan's fiery fingernails are scraping my nipple and under boob. Mm. Can't wait to see what targeted therapy brings. Oh, Jen. Bunny. Well... One thing about radiation sleep, too, is I feel like you're tired, but then you take naps and you sleep. But then when you wake up, you're not like, oh, now I'm refreshed. I slept for two hours. You're like, oh, it's me again. (laughs) Oh, no. Feeling pretty tired. Um, But yeah, that's rough. I'm sorry. It is so hard, especially the side sleeping, too. I'm a side sleeper. Damn it. Me, too. Um, One thing, I don't know if this is helpful for after surgery, because a lot of people say to to get like rent a recliner after like a mastectomy, but for lumpectomy, it's not as bad. Like you don't necessarily need to be as elevated, Mm -hmm. but it is really hard to like sleep on your back. I don't know. It's just uncomfortable. But you know how I like Costco. (laughs) (laughs) I do. They sell these wedge pillows now, like these really big, firm wedge pillows, and I bought them. And they're really nice because you can either have them horizontal or vertical so that you're sitting straight up and like reclined a little bit or laid down and reclined. But I feel like I would be able to sleep reclined with maybe like another pillow off to my side on that because it's like, it's very, it's like a... It feels like a mattress. It's like memory foamish. I don't know. It's cool. I think they're called like Bremerton willow pe- willow pedges. Help me. <laughs> Help me. Hot tip. Um, Not let's... sponsored by Costco, unfortunately. Uh, damn it. We should write to these people whose name I probably said was wrong. Brentwood. <laughs> Fucking Google it. Brentwood wedge pillow. Maybe it would be good for people after a mastectomy when they're like not right fresh out of the shit, but like yeah, you know, a couple of weeks yeah. in. I don't know. I don't know, you guys. All right, <laughs> just um, spitballing. Just really spitballing here. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, here I have one to read. All right. She says, "Here's my bitch." I'm having to see all my non-cancer providers for annual appointments right now, and none of them have read my notes in Epic, so I keep having to tell them I have cancer. They ask, so, uh, what's new? And I have to be like, um, cancer? It's completely (laughs) awkward and strangely taxing to have to bring this up. She uses an emoji, but I don't know what to say about it. It's a face and it's mad. Um... (laughs) Why don't they read my chart before I see them? It would be so much easier if they said, I see in your chart that you've been treated for cancer. Read the chart, doctors. Okay, that's it. Continue on. Love the show. Um, I fucking feel you. That's horrible. Seriously. It's real. You'd think they would like skim at least. <laughs> right? Certain keywords like cancer. Yeah. I've actually had it happen to me, too, because they do ask, you know, we've all been asked a million times, any changes Mm -hmm. to your health? Yep. 
And then you're always like, no. Um, but I do remember thinking exactly like what she's saying, like Jesus, like, so I just have to like go over this like completely like huge emotional mess that I'm dealing with, with my fucking chiropractor now, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Well, also I feel like it's easier on the doctor too, if they aren't, if, you know, if they know before the fact. So yeah, nobody wants to have that sprung on them in conversation either. Like to look like such a dumbass that you're like, so what's new? Um, I have cancer. And then your doctor having to be like, oh shit, now what? I know. Like, what do you say to that? As a doctor. So annoying. Right. I'm going to bitch about it right for you. <laughs> Seriously. Mm, we want some mean. answers. I'm mad. Um, Jesus. Okay. So this person writes to us saying she's had her chemo delayed three times. Oh, I have breast cancer and have had to have I have breast cancer and had my breast biopsy done at a different hospital. The new hospital I'm at found out my cancer spread to my ribs and decided to run a HER2 fish test on my rib biopsy, which came back slightly positive. So they're now going back and running the test on my breast tissue. But it's been over a month. They ran it. And then they sent it to the doctor that developed the test at the different hospital for a second opinion. So it's just been a waiting game of me feeling like I'm living my life in weak increments, trying to hold out my normal self for a little while longer. I appreciate how thorough they're being, but I'm so much happier at this new hospital. But like, oh, my God, can someone please just tell me when I'm starting so I can mentally prepare myself? Yeah. The waiting is the absolute worst part of cancer. I'm totally convinced. It's the worst, especially during that time when you're just like still dealing with your actual diagnosis and your treatment plan hasn't even been fully put forth. I've said it so many times on this podcast, like that is just absolute hell limbo because you are living like, okay, I don't see them till Wednesday and then or I'm Mm -hmm. supposed to get this message on Friday, but then it's a weekend, you know, like, yeah. And all the changes, it's just so hard. I feel you. It's so, so hard. And especially when you're learning about progression or you aren't quite sure if it's positive for progression or it's not and you're waiting on a biopsy or something like that. Like that liminal space between your plan and what the next plan might be is so fucking stressful. Like... I don't know. I haven't been through that much as far as cancer stuff goes. I'm still under a year into this whole bullshit, but I can very confidently say that the worst part this far has been the first month of waiting for the game plan. Mm -hmm. And I have also heard from other people that it continues on like that. Like anytime there's a new thing, you have to wait for the game plan again Mm -hmm. and that feels so scary yeah especially when you're brand new at it too you know like yeah there's just so much to take in with like even knowing what different types of chemos are and the different types of side effects from different types of chemos and how long is the recovery time between each of your chemos and how many rounds are you gonna get you know yeah 
<sighs> That's so legit. And waiting and waiting and waiting is just the worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good bitch um, fest. We have another listener who says, I am mad at my cancer emotions for making me think I might be in love with my best friend. Yes. I've known this guy for the past 10-ish years, and we've gotten super close over the last three years to the point where I consider him one of my best friends. We talk about everything. We go out to dinners. We go to concerts together, take walks around our city. I, honest to God, never have looked at him as anything other than a friend. But I have a shit 2020, as I'm sure most people have, mm-hmm. with family mm-hmm. stuff, and then was hit with my breast cancer diagnosis in March 2021. And I'm starting to notice how much he's always been there for me. And it's crazy that I still want to spend so much time with him. Like, I'm not sick of him yet. He's not my usual type. He's actually a good guy and not a douchebag. LOL. Oh, girl. But personality-wise, I find myself thinking, okay, I'd like to date someone like him. And then I noticed I started getting annoyed when he talked to me about dates he was going on. And so now I'm sitting with all my cancer emotions being like, wait a sec, do I want to date him? And to make matters messier, he used to date a friend from college about five years ago. And a couple years ago, he told our other mutual friend he had feelings for her, but nothing came of it. But now I'm not so sure where any of that stands. Honestly, just making my life more stressful than it needs to be right now. But I do wonder if this is common to start getting your emotions confused in the middle of a medical crisis. Mm. Oh, boy, is it? Hell yeah. Absolutely. I think that, like, you start to take stock of your whole life. Totally. And you're like, who actually matters? Who is actually showing up for me? Mm-hmm. And sometimes... It's not who you expect. Yeah, I think that there must be some term for like the cancer midlife crisis slash it's like Mm -hmm. the Saturn return thing, you know, where it's just like there are career changes, like people return. The cancer return. No, that oh, no, that's awful. (laughs) Don't call it that. I'm just, um, everyone, thank you for coming for Thanksgiving dinner. I'm just going through my cancer return. And, oh my God, her cancer's return. No, 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 no. I just wanted to like tell you guys my feelings for how much I love you. Um, but yeah, I think that people do make like weird clarity choices which is so weird because it's like the muddiest most unclear thing to have to go through and it's so overwhelming and then suddenly you're just like laser sharp focused just like yeah and maybe part of you starting to see clearly your feelings for this guy i like where you say that normally you go for the the (laughs) d-bags and just don't Maybe. don't go well, for the demon. She's not going to. She's yeah. seeing clearly that that path was not the right path for her, and yeah. that she deserves more. And um, this guy sounds like a good guy. And also the fact that he dated your friend five years ago and then had feelings for her a few years ago. A few years—that's a lifetime. Come on, mm-hmm. and yeah, like it's fine unless like your friend's gonna lose her mind, but. She had her chance. Yeah. I mean, friendships can be so complicated and like, I don't know. I'm a real 
proponent of investigating your relationships with people and seeing what more there is, you know, like Mm -hmm. everybody doesn't have to have the most traditional trajectory. Like maybe Mm -hmm. this is the person for you, at least for right now. Mm -hmm. And maybe he thinks that you would um, consider him off limits because of his history with your friend to where he just thinks like, you would never cross that line. So he would never cross that line with you out of respect or just out of like. Yeah, I totally hear this. And I think that people should be just direct, you know, like mm-hmm. life is short. All right. Be direct. Be direct. Just be, be like, like, let's do this. Do you like me? Do you like me the way I like you? And then if he's like, excuse me, you can be like, <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. I was just saying that to see if you were so stupid that you liked me. Oh, my God. Exactly. Okay. Amy? So, speaking of... Speaking of people that we date, we sometimes break up with them. They become exes. And what do they do? This person writes in and says... Exes who slide into your DMs after diagnosis. Oh, I want more details on that for sure. Man, I have experienced this. I want more details from this from you. (laughs) Oh my God. So, yeah, I feel like there's this weird uh, realization that people have that, like, um, They've got to, like, make amends or they've got to, you know, let you know what you once meant to them. I don't even really Mm -hmm. know what the goal is with them trying to get back in contact with you. But it is so tacky. So, like, please, please don't do this. I know that nobody listening to this podcast is an ex who is sliding into anybody's DMs. But, like, if you know somebody, just, like, fucking spread the word not to do this shit. It's so annoying. It's so gross. It's so classless. <laughs> do not. We don't want to hear from you. Well, maybe some people do. Yeah, I think, like, if you're still on good terms and it seems normal for them to reach out and be like, hey, do you need anything? Like... If you're still friendly, then that makes sense. But if it's somebody you haven't talked to in yeah, like I 10 guess you're years, right. it is weird. Like, fuck off, dude. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's really self serving that they just want absolution. Mm-hmm. Or well, maybe they want to hook up and they're like grief tourists. I don't know. Well, what, uh, what would you think if they just like left you? A GoFundMe donation as their hello. <laughs> um, no actually, email, nothing needed in response, but just saying, hey, I it, it just sends a message like, I heard, I want to help. Here you go. Goodbye. Classy. Happened I to me. It did. Classy. It did. Cool. A plus. <laughs> so much gossip, so much drama. Um, um, there's another one from mm-hmm. a listener who says, I'm pissed when my friends ask me too much about my cancer. Then I'm pissed when they don't bring it up. I know that's not fair, but that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. Yep. I feel like it's that way with so many things when you're a cancer person. 
you know, like yeah. there's a lot of stuff that like, unfortunately you just have to deal with, like you have to deal with that. You're pissed that they don't say something. And you're also pissed when they do say something because like, cause they said the wrong thing. What are they supposed to do? You know, yeah. like if one pisses you off, the other pisses you off. But, but I agree. I feel the same way in a lot of mm-hmm. cases too, but I do find that it is kind of like, Another thing that just sucks about this is like you have to kind of like lead the conversation and do the hard work and make other people either know boundaries or feel comfortable to cross boundaries with you depending on what you're up for. Yeah. And it's like, can someone just do it for me? Can you just make me the T-shirt that just says like, (laughs) pretend I'm not wearing this T-shirt that says I don't want to talk about it? (laughs) I think that we all get to be human and we all get to be changeable. And like, sometimes people are going to piss you off for no good reason. And you just get to be like, look, I'm fucking pissed. This sucks. And sorry, I don't have a a rationale behind why I'm mad, but a good friend, a true friend will be like, yes, I understand. Like I'm here for you. It fucking sucks. Like they aren't Mm -hmm. going to take offense at your bad mood. Yeah. And also it's just exhausting being somebody who has to be the other end of like awkward conversations constantly just because Mm -hmm. of who you suddenly are when you never were that person before. Yeah. You know? Yep. And like even when people are being so um, cool and um, not weird, but they also don't understand how maybe your cancer works like that's kind of exhausting for me sometimes when I have to decide like do I want to explain to this person you know like why I got a lumpectomy instead of you know like that kind of thing where it's just like do I want to do this whole education of whatever which also might not be the same story for somebody else that they meet who has something similar or do I just want to say like yep Uh uh-huh you know like cool you know like I think about that with the like oh so you're cured now when you know like I'm done with treatment Mm -hmm. but my type of cancer can come back and you know you can go from stage one to stage four it's not like one two three four you know like yep but I think a lot of people at least I thought when I was first diagnosed like okay so I'm stage two so if I get cancer again maybe it'll be stage one and then we'll catch it before it can be two again and three again like and then yeah four like clearly like we'll have our finger on the pulse you know yeah but then like you find out that's not how it works (laughs) and so but then to have to explain that to anybody who's like so you're done so you're you're good right and then I'm like yeah or I'm like well it's complicated but Mm -hmm. then I both those things kind of suck because like I don't want to lie and I don't want to minimize it but I also don't want to be like well actually like gather around I tell you like my reality you know exactly and I think there's also this component of like what kind of person you are and I've heard this so much like people have come my way people that I love and like I do really genuinely feel seen by in so many areas of my life that are like, I know you love facts and like you're so logical. And so I feel comfortable asking you these questions. And I'm like, you know what? Mm. I would actually just like to cry instead. Yeah. <laughs> but then I I feel obligated to 
teach them about my cancer. And sometimes I just want to be like, I'm really sad and this actually sucks. And I don't like, can you just Google it instead? Like, I don't know. It's, it's really hard to have your pre-cancer personality intersect with your Mm post-cancer personality and like have to navigate that with your loved ones. Yeah, totally. Because you do change and some of the ways you change, you don't want to expose to everybody too, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. And so like, it's hard for them even to know. Yep. Um, okay. So this is a longer one that has a lot of, or not a lot. Um, it's just like a rapid fire of bitching that I love. Love it. Um, okay. Comments on my haircut. Like, since the pandemic, no one has seen me until recently. So people who didn't know I had cancer think I cut my hair short. I just say, this is exactly what we're just talking about. I just say, thanks so much. Or I just say, thanks. It's much cooler in the summer because I don't want to get into it. That's totally exactly what we're talking Mm -hmm. about. Comments on my lymphedema sleeve, like I'm wearing it for fashion because I would wear a fake tattoo sleeve sleeve at the age of 42 for fun. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Um, those sleeves do have like the most ridiculous designs, by the they way. They really do. Oh my God. I think I sent you, I was like in the place where they let you pick whichever one you want in the hospital yes. and I was going through the yep. binder and I was videoing it and I was like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like who designs these? Yeah. Why isn't was, it us? So we I can was just like, get the black one, get the black one. Yeah. <laughs> get the black one and run. Um, <laughs> yeah, but God, maybe I could find that video. I know I can't. There's no way in hell, but it, they're hilarious. But I do feel like, you know, the fake tattoo one, you, you got to just go with it, you know? Yeah. Like, I get it. Have I get why fun. it exists, but come on. But yeah, it's like hearts that are like blue neon with like purple shooting stars behind it but like not in a cool way yeah Mm -hmm. okay she continues (laughs) she's like when people interrupt my letter to a podcast and just go on their own little fucking tirade Um, okay people who say oh you had cancer i really like that movie the bucket list are you fucking for real oh my god (laughs) having to continue seeing oncologists etc and take hormone altering drugs etc coming to terms with the fact that i'll probably never be quote unquote done with cancer as much as i want to be yeah so true feeling like every little weird thing in your body could be cancer coming back or a new cancer starting Mm -hmm. yep especially when like so many of the side effects mirror what they tell you is a cancer side effect um it's so unfair and so startling okay losing some friends and changed relationships with others i think we all have that yeah um shitty veins that don't let you draw blood but still getting reminders from the red cross that they need my blood so please come back and it sucks that i can't do that anymore after i'm done reading the next couple of these and then she'll be done will you remind me that i have some really good advice about shitty veins yes uh, feeling survivor's guilt that I am still here and yet so many others aren't. It's like pressure that I need to make the most of my life somehow to make up for that, but I'm not up to the task. Mm-hmm. 
And then she says, pretending like I'm fine, everything's okay when I'm really not. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. It is definitely a lot. All of that is just so right on the money. I feel like it really feels like 75% of that is totally universal to cancer Mm -hmm. people in general. Like, Totally. I think that especially non-cancer people can't understand that gripping fear that you get anytime you have a new pain, anytime Mm -hmm. there's some kind of weird ass symptom in your body, even if you can logically trace it back to something else, like you just lose your shit and then you seem crazy Mm -hmm. and there's nobody else who understands it except for other cancer people. Because your friends and family who aren't cancer people will be like, it's fine, whatever. It's like, you're fine. But then other cancer people are like, yep, it's, you know, like, (laughs) it's probably whatever. No, they don't say that. But they say, yep, I I totally understand that feeling. Yeah. And, you know, I think like so, so much of that, like the interfacing with oncologists and drugs and all of the crazy things that happen to your body after cancer, yeah. it just really never goes away. Even if you are quote unquote cured. Right. Yeah. Like I think about how the hormone shit I'm doing, like makes my boobs lumpier, which is like hilarious. Yeah. Like I've never had lumpy boobs, but then I'm like, what's this? What's this? And it's like, well, your boobs are getting less dense. Oh my God. I have to tell you the f- funniest thing when i was in palm springs the last night we were there we all kind of kept talking about like um like floating and doggy paddling like our, one of our friends doesn't even know how to doggy paddle uh-huh um gina you idiot um no i'm just kidding but she doesn't she's never ever known how to swim and she's really tiny so she doesn't float at all you know how like uh-huh. you can kind of like hold your breath and kind of like relax and you can maybe like float a little bit on your back yeah um so the last night I was like there and I was alone in the pool and it was so nice. And I was just leaning backwards and I realized I was just completely floating. And then I was like, this is actually really weird. I have never been able to float this well. Like I'm not moving. I am just laying here perfectly relaxed and my body is just up at the top of the water. And I was like, it's the fucking hormone shots and the medication I take because I've gotten so much fatter. Yeah. And like the just like the way my body feels like the softness of it is like a different kind of softness you know like totally and I was like this is so weird and so I told my friend I was like can I just tell you something weird <laughs> She's like, yeah because you know I just have to like have a big mouth and I was like I'm just like floating she's like yeah it's a saltwater pool <laughs> and I was like what and I started laughing so hard and I was like oh, I thought it was just like I'm so used to so many fat. changes in yeah. my body mm-hmm. that like, oh, here's just one I didn't know about because I haven't been in a pool, you know? Yeah. And then I, I was just laughing so hard because I was like, of course it's a saltwater pool. Of course that's why I'm floating. It has nothing to do with this, you know? Yeah. It was so funny. But everything gets reframed with I know it cancer shit, you know? Like the fact that that would make sense to me or that like I actually would be able to float that well, even if like the cells in my body that like... Or, like, my fat cells had become, like, 
less dense and more poofy. I mean, like, what was the science behind this that I was thinking was going on? It's so true. It's true, though. Like, we start to retain fat differently when we go through menopause. And so I have turned into, like, in the past nine months that I've been on this treatment, I've turned into an apple-shaped person, which is not Mm -hmm. my identity. Like, yeah. It's very weird to go through all of these changes so abruptly. And like, yeah, I don't necessarily, you know, like I, I have always bucked against body image bullshit, but it's still nonetheless very weird to suddenly have a totally different body shape than you're used to. And like, I don't love it. Mm-hmm. it's hard it's hard to get used to it's hard to suddenly have all of your clothes not really fit you the right way and right have to dress differently and have people be like oh you look great you know like yeah in the way that people mentioned in these letters like you look great today and all you hear is today right and yeah it's fucked it is fucked and now i don't even know how to float so. <laughs> it sounds like you were doing a great job. <laughs> <laughs> I was, but it wasn't me. Um, okay. Well, oh, can I tell you this um, fucking vain shit I got to share with you guys? If you take nothing else from this episode, this is the hot tip of the day. Mm-hmm. So I had, I knew that she had mentioned that in the email and, um, Somebody in my support group once told us that if they can't get your vein, if you're doing an IV and they cannot get your uh, vein, they actually have a special IV team that you have the right to call in. So, like, I hear people saying, um, like, oh, my God, it sucks so bad. And then, like, this stupid nurse, like, poked me, like, six different times. Mm -hmm. And then, like, she had to move to, like my other limb <laughs> arm yeah. to like do all this. So um apparently there is like I I don't know. I asked this woman for clarity on what the deal was and I don't know if this is just at her hospital where they're called the A team. Um do they have a van? They use an <laughs> they have a van and they show up with a siren. Um but they can use an ultrasound to guide the needle in. Um, so basically, I think that the rule is that you have to have one nurse try twice and then another nurse try twice. So if they have tried four times with two separate nurses, you could refuse to let anybody try again um, and call in for this like special team to come. They're typically called in for like incredibly dehydrated patients, apparently. So people whose like veins are like super shriveled or like yeah. IV drug users too, if like their veins are blown out. And so they're just like this special team that go all over to different parts of the hospital when they're needed. Um, and so, yeah, I guess this is at her hospital where the rule is two times and two times. So you can check with your hospital about it. Um, but they, I think the reason they have that standard, which totally makes sense to me, is so that, like, you know, it's like calling a, a helicopter when the EMTs are already yeah. on the scene, you know? Like, you yeah. want to really make sure that you need the helicopter to come, you know? Um, 
This is so great because I actually, when I was getting my bone biopsy, I mm-hmm. had a nurse um, who was totally unable to start my IV. And I have been told my entire life that I have the, I am like lily white transparent. Like you can see my veins through my skin. I have been told my entire life that I was the easiest sick, mm. but this nurse could not find a vein and then another nurse came and tried it and they ended up having to stick the top of my hand, mm-hmm. which also has very obvious veins. And then the next time I was at the cancer center, um, I was like, yeah, I don't know what the deal was because I get blood work every single time I go there. I was like, they could not mm-hmm. put my IV in. And she was like, oh, hun, you just have a valve right here. You just have to like pull it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And. It was true. Like there was just, she just put a tiny bit of pressure on one side of my arm. She knew what was up. Yeah. And it was just like, come on. Why was this so hard? It made me feel like a failure. And also it was like very traumatic. I had multiple bruises and then my top of my hand, which is thin skin and it hurt like a bitch. Yeah. You don't want that, especially if you're doing, um, chemo through your veins and you don't have a port then it is just and you know like no dude like i seriously would absolutely have no problem calling in that team and i'm gonna put in the show notes like the more common name for them because i don't think they're all called like the iva team but there's like some name for this unit totally it might be the IV unit. I don't know, you guys. God, this is why Steph does rats and I don't because that's <laughs> that's exactly how a rats segment would go if I did it. So, like, there's like this thing that I don't really like know the name of. But like, here's kind of the vibe of it. <laughs> Speaking of rats. What? to talk to you about covid what of it covid you know the horrible pandemic that we've all been put through you know i've just been so busy Um, (laughs) i've just been so busy in my anti-mask groups that i didn't even notice um just kidding what are you gonna tell us i'm gonna tell you about covid blood cancers, and the vaccine. So fuck you, COVID-19. You ruined my life. Um, Mm -hmm. I was diagnosed in the midst of the pandemic. And um, that meant that I didn't have any support in person. My kids didn't get to access the like family resource center. Fuck them for that. We didn't. Them is COVID is them. Yeah. COVID is them. Fuck you and your little fucking virus particles. But it Mm -hmm. continues to be a blight. And here's the deal. I am 0% discouraging people from getting the COVID-19 vaccine. In fact, I got it. It kind of sucked on the second shot. Um, Mm -hmm. I will admit it was, uh, there were some side effects. And then I woke up the next morning right as fucking rain. So 
get your vaccine, um, get both shots. But here is what I have to say about the science related to COVID-19 vaccines in cancer patients. I do want to hear about this. I do find this shit fascinating. Yeah. So doctors have recommended that cancer patients receive the vaccine. It's across the board recommended. Unless you have an allergy that's, you know, already been identified, get the vaccine Mm -hmm. as soon as you can if you have not already gotten it. But here is what the studies show. Two studies have found that COVID-19 vaccines may not stimulate effective immune responses in some people with blood cancers specifically. And also cancers of all types um, at at a lesser degree. So... Because patients with blood cancers often have poorer immune systems and they just don't respond as well to vaccines in general, they are not having as robust a response to the COVID-19 vaccine. There was a study that focused on patients with blood cancers. There were 67 patients in this study And 31 out of the 67 did not produce detectable antibodies to the Mm COVID-19 vaccine. Like, zero detectable antibodies. Um, Which sucks, right? I mean, they were non-responders, is how they Mm -hmm. phrased it. Um. This study says, quote, the findings confirm what we've suspected all along, which is that immunocompromised people aren't going to have the same immune responses to COVID-19 vaccines as people in the initial clinical trials. Um, This is from the University of Pittsburgh School of Medicine that did this study. So um, the patients in this study had B-cell chronic lymphocytic leukemia, lymphomas, multiple myeloma, and other blood cancers. So this is a study specific to blood cancers, but they also said that weakened immune systems really run the gamut of all cancers. So it kind of depends on if your meds Mm. are weakening your immune system. Obviously, they aren't going to be studying this on such a large scale, but... Um, People with HIV AIDS, other autoimmune conditions, transplant recipients. Basically, they're saying, um, we want you to continue to do the same protocols that we were all doing in the early days of COVID-19, which fucking sucks. Like, Oh, God. They want us to be masking up, social distancing. And they really want to press that people around us who are able to get the vaccine get it. Yeah. And also take precautions. And so, like, you don't be around people who aren't vaccinated. You take care of the people who are immune compromised. Um, there was also a UK study that said the same thing that um, basically... There haven't been enough studies looking specifically at COVID-19 vaccines in patients with cancer. They still really want everybody to be masking up and social distancing if you are immune compromised or just, you know, stay close to people who you know are COVID negative. Um, Mm -hmm. 
because we do not have the same response to the vaccine. It doesn't mean it's not worth getting, but we are not showing the same immune response to the COVID-19 vaccines that are available. Is it enough, though, that your immune response be better at fighting that off? So if you did get it, you would have just like a lesser um, illness versus just not getting it or they just don't know? Unfortunately, no. Okay, so it's just like no immune response. In the studies that they have done, which have only been on people with blood cancers, they... In this UK study is an, is another one, 151 people with cancer, 95 patients with solid cancers, which are like solid tumors, you know, like breast cancer, colon cancer, and then 56 patients with blood cancers and 54 people with no cancer, which is the control group. Um, the people with cancer showed extremely pu- poor immune responsiveness, Um They may harbor persistent COVID infections, potentially leading to the emergence of new variants of the virus. Oh, my God. Which is really fucking scary, right? Like, um, this study said within two weeks of a second vaccine dose, immune responses improved substantially among most patients with solid cancers. So that's great. If you have a solid tumor cancer, like where you have an actual tumor... You are more protected. But if you do have a blood cancer, they are showing that you are not protected at the same rate. But some people are. It's not all people with blood cancers. It's not all people with blood cancers, but they are saying do not take the risk and get the vaccine. But if you do have a blood cancer, still take these same cautious measures that we were all taking earlier in the pandemic until your immune response is better. So if you are in treatment, don't risk it. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure that the people around you are COVID negative. If you can't be sure of that, make sure you're masking up and the people around you are masking up. Um, maintain social they're all distancing. Vaccinated. Right. Make sure that they're vaccinated because those people around you who are showing immune response can be much you know, they, they are showing the, the right mm-hmm. response to the vaccine. And this is just like the deal with vaccines in general. Like we have to rely on herd immunity when we can't effectively use a vaccine. And this hasn't historically been a problem because people have bought in mm-hmm. to vaccines. But unfortunately, now we have a large percentage of the population. Dipshits. Who doesn't trust science? So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. fucking bummer. Um, but like, if you got some crazy ass vaccine denialist in your family, stay away from them and um, take care of yourself, especially if you have blood cancer. Well, that pisses me off. Yeah, because it's as if people don't have enough to fucking deal with, and there's finally this light at the end of the tunnel. And then it's like, oh, except for for you guys. Exactly. Actually. And like one more way that your body is fucking turning against you, too. You know, just like, can -hmm. you just fucking take the vaccine and work so I can like go do what? What do people do? I don't know. I don't leave that. Also, who's telling them this? I mean, yes, everyone with cancer listens to cancer for breakfast, but (laughs) 
do they listen closely? No, but for real, like, are are doctors sending my chart messages to everybody with blood cancers to warn them of this? Like, I, I mean, this is the first I'm hearing about it. So, and I mean, I don't have a blood cancer, but I hope that the word's out there. I hope so, too. And I doubt that it is because I feel like there is this bizarre back and forth happening around COVID vaccines. Mm-hmm. And it's extra funny for people who are in cancer treatment because it's like, oh, I'm just going to take this like super toxic medication, but worry about a vaccine, you know, like, come on, come, come the fuck on. on. Um, So yeah. tell your friends and family that they need to get the vaccine if they want to be around you. Um, mm-hmm. And just take care of yourselves. You don't need to die from COVID Mm-mm. when you're going through cancer treatment. It's just so fucked up. It is so fucked up. Uh, okay, Steph. Yeah. Great job. Thank you. Great bitch fest. Great bitch fest. Thank you so much to everybody that bitched with us. Oh, my God. I feel I feel like a mountain has been lifted off of my chest. We have such funny, smart listeners, too. Like, damn, you guys are smart and hilarious. It's so good. Makes me sick. It's so good. <laughs> These people. So thank you, everybody, yeah. for writing in. That was fun. Um, there will obviously be a part two at some point because we could just keep bitching forever. Yeah, we love it. Uh, send your regular letters to us as well. You can bitch in them any day of the mm-hmm. week. That's true. And follow us on Instagram at Cancer for Breakfast. You can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash Amy and Steph. That's a new thing. We'll put that in the show notes, too. Yeah, it just helps us to offset some of the costs of making this ding-dang podcast. Do you know what costs us money? Making this podcast? Like, we don't get any, nobody pays us. They don't care how many listens we get. They don't give a crap. Um, They make us pay. They make us pay. But who cares? We don't need to talk about it too much. If you'd like to buy us a coffee, you're more than welcome to. And maybe someday we'll get some cool advertisers or something but only cool ones that we really love it's true we have integrity if nothing else we certainly do um all right well thank you so much for listening anything else we should mention stuff um no enjoy your hot girl summer and thank you to my daughter for the really cute little intro oh my god she's She's, the best she's exhausted (laughs) she's gonna (laughs) be three next month and it's exhausting It is. It's exhausting being almost three. Mm -hmm. All right. Have a great week, y'all. See y'all next week. Goodbye. Bye. Cancer for Breakfast is hosted by Amy Diles and Stephanie Lejeunesse and produced by Nathan McGeehee. Our theme music is written and performed by Vivivir. Find us at cancerforbreakfast.com, Instagram at cancerforbreakfast, and email at cancerforbreakfast at gmail.com. so much for listening thanks for listening